What's up, everybody? I'm Bob Walters. Welcome inside the Brian Gunzel Studios. This is the Locked Up Sports Trade Deadline Recap. We got everything from a busy day in baseball, including a Mets embarrassing loss as they finish their sell-off and wave the white flag. The Yankees fall further from contention as they lose again to the Rays and do nothing at the trade deadline. And we'll go over the winners, losers, and everything from a busy day in Major League Baseball. All that plus, we talk with Mark Mancini from Pittsburgh and L.A. Radio. Coming up next on the Locked Up Sports Trade Deadline Recap. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in. I'm Bob Walters. Welcome to the show. Uh, busy, busy day in Major League Baseball. It was. It is trade deadline day. It has come and gone. And the Mets, of course, were probably the biggest seller in all of baseball. They had the most valuable pieces, I believe, that the, the, at least the most valuable pieces that were moved. And they finished the day off with, well, they finished the day off the only way the Mets could finish the day off, with a walk-off balk. And, I mean... You can't make this stuff up with the Mets. You really can't. You can't make it up. That's why I always say it's it's my cross to bear being a Mets fan because it is not easy. After we sold off two surefire Hall of Famers, we sold off. We gave up all hope for the season. We basically gave up all hope for next season. And then we went and played the Kansas City Royals, one of the worst teams in history. And it was a back-and-forth game. It was a poorly played game. Tenth inning, Alvarez, who's supposed to, who should be the future of this team. Alvarez hit a two-run homer. Mets take a 6-4 lead into the bottom of the tenth. Adovino coughs it up right away. It's 6-6. Buck comes out, brings in Walker, and before he could even throw a pitch with the bases loaded, he balks in the winning run. So a walk-off balk, and only the Mets. And you can't make it up. You can't make the stuff up, and only the Mets. But the Yankees lose again. Another bad start for Rondon. He's just been god-awful. I mean, the Yankees tried to sell you that their trade deadline acquisitions were going to be Judge coming back and Rondon coming back. And it hasn't happened. They can't hit. The Yankees again did nothing against Tampa. They fall another game behind. And they are just, listen, they're... They're falling out of contention, too. And they probably should have listened to what they said last night when they hinted at being sellers and been sellers rather than doing nothing because this team is going nowhere. You got Stanton Stinks. He was on the he was up with the, the tying run in the ninth inning, struck out, got blown away by fastballs. Uh, the, they don't hit. They don't score. They're a boring team to watch. They can't pitch. The starting pitching is, is terrible. And, hey, you know, it is what it is. Now you're stuck with this. And it could cost Boone and it could cost Cashman their jobs when it's all said and done. But as far as the trade deadline goes, that's what we're here to discuss. We're going to get everything. We're going to tell you everything you need to know about what happened today. And, of course, the, you know, the marquee with the Mets. The Mets again with a marquee. And they trade their future Hall, the future Hall of Famer, Justin Verlander, back to the Houston Astros where he came from last year. So the Astros, basically, they could have signed them in the offseason. Instead, it's going to cost them two of their top prospects, but they do get a boatload of cash. So Steve Cohen did give him cash. We'll get to that in a minute. The Mets trade Justin Verlander 
four, two high-level prospects, the number one and number four prospects in the Astros system. So Drew Gilbert, Ryan Clifford, they are corner outfielders. They are power-hitting corner outfielders. They are high-end prospects. And along with that, they sent uh, the Mets sent the Astros $54 million. Steve Cohen's done something that's never been done before. He has just been paying people to take his players. And he's not really getting much back. He's paying, you know, two hundred million for about six or seven minor league minor league prospects next year. He just gave away almost two hundred million dollars. And must be nice, right? So that's what that's what the Mets did today. That was the big prize of the day. It was Verlander. It was there was rumblings about San Diego possibly getting in the mix with Verlander. It didn't happen. The Dodgers were in the mix as well. That didn't happen. And then Houston came along and they got their guy back. And I think it makes them instant favorites, probably just behind the Braves or right neck and neck with the Braves to win the World Series this year. Because Verlander, he seems to just be hitting his stride now. He's an all-time great when it comes to to postseason pitching. He's just one of the great pitchers of all time when it comes to postseason pitching. And I don't, he's, like I said, he seems to be getting it, getting it together the last month or so. Now, Scherzer, on the other hand, is just going the opposite direction. And I don't know if Texas is going to get the Scherzer that they want this year or next year. And speaking of Scherzer, he also aired Dirty Laundry. We all heard about the conversation that he had or that he wanted to have when he found out that Robertson was traded the other night on Thursday night. He seemed upset about it. He seemed somewhat shocked by it. I, I don't know why he was shocked by it. But he said he wanted to go have a conversation with the Mets front office. And here's what he said happened in that conversation. Nice conversation between both sides and understanding what both sides were trying to want. Um, you know, the Mets, you know, we, we went into the season, you know, with high expectations. Uh, rightfully so. We had a very good, te- very good team. Unfortunately, we didn't play up to it. Uh, and because of where everybody is at within their contract situation, age, everything, um, you know, Billy and Steve, they wanted to, they had a different vision now. The math, the math changed on them. Um, they, you know, they wanted to be able to flip, uh, guys for prospects. Um, and so they were willing to, uh, you know, I, th- I assume they still are, you know, looking to be able to trade guys, uh, off the roster to try to, uh, get more players that are going to be with them in, in those seasons, uh, in 2025 and 2026, uh, that can help them win then. Um, and, Every team has the right to do that. I, I totally get where they're coming from. I understand from roster construction uh, what was, was going on in New York, uh, that that's a decision they had to make. Uh, it, it's tough uh, making those decisions, but uh, that's why they're paid to make the big bucks to be able to make those decisions. And, uh, you know, for me, it was just being a part of that conversation and understanding that and, you know, realizing that I was only under contract for one more season after this and that, uh, I, honestly, the best thing for both parties was to uh, accept the trade. Obviously, the So now, that's what Scherzer said. When Billy Epler was asked to comment on Scherzer's comments, he said he's got nothing to say. It's staying internal. So clearly the Mets did not want that conversation that they had with Scherzer and that Cohen had with Scherzer to get out into the public, and there it is. And Scherzer, you know, he's got a track record of doing that. That's what he does. He burns bridges when he leaves, and he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, so he can do that. He doesn't really care. What anyone thinks, especially the Mets. I mean, you know, he was on the Mets for a half a second. But 
you know, so the Mets are probably not too happy about that, that it came out because now it just confirms what anybody that really knows anything about anything already knew. And that's that next year is going to be a transition year. They're going to, they're not going for it next year. They're not going to reload in the off season that this is now a, it's a rebuild. I don't think it's going to be a four or five year rebuild. Like some teams have the Orioles or the Astros before they got on this run. But it is going to be a rebuild, and you're going to see a new team, and they're going. They are now targeting 2025 as the year, 2025, 2026 as the years where they expect to contend again. Because next year is just going to be a throwaway year. It's going to be a transition year, and like I said the other day, this is we're entering phase two of the of the Cohen ownership of the Mets. Phase one was I'm going to come in, throw my money around, throw my weight around. Buy everything I can, buy everything I want, buy everything the fans want, and see if we can win a championship in three to five years. It didn't work. And we knew it wouldn't work because we've been yelling at the Yankee fans for, for 10 years that you can't buy a championship. And what happens? We tried to buy one, and we failed because you can't buy a championship. And now now the price that, you, that we have to pay for that as Mets fans is this year's the throwaway year, next year's going to be a throwaway year, and we're looking two years down the line. And it sucks. It does. It sucks. But it is what it is. We wanted it, right? I was right on the top step with everybody else, cheering on, go get Verlander, go get Scherzer. Let's do this. Get rid of DeGrom. You know, we would have signed DeGrom, too. Imagine we signed DeGrom. So the whole thing is just kind of a, a, a disaster. The Mets, to be honest with you, they didn't do as much as I thought they would today. They didn't. The only players that really went anywhere in the last week, you have Scherzer, Robertson, Connor, Tommy Pham, and Justin Verlander. Those are your five players. That's the teardown at the at the deadline that the Mets just completed. I thought Raleigh would go. I thought Adovino would go. I thought maybe Vogelback would go, and I thought McNeil might go too. Now there were rumblings about Alonzo. Apparently, some teams were were poking around. But I, I don't think Alonzo was really going anywhere unless they got blown away. If they got blown away, they would have got rid of Alonzo. He's only, he's only under control for one more year. Next year's his walk year. He's having a great year this year. He's got 31 home runs now. He's, he hit another one tonight. So listen, the Mets aren't, they're not going to be the A's next year. They're not going to be the 62 Mets next year, but they're also not going to be last year's Mets. They do have some talent. You still have Lindor, Alonzo, Nimmo, McNeil. Alvarez, they're not going to be a bad team, but they're not going to. I don't see them contending with like the Braves or or any of the the big boys next year at all. And let's hope these prospects pan out. Let's hope they pan out. And you know, you see right here, you got Ryan Clifford. This this is one of the guys who came over from Houston. He is the number four prospect in their system. He was an eleventh round pick, so he wasn't projected to be crazy good, and he's really surprised while he's been playing in their system. So he was an 11th round pick in 2022. This year already he's got 16 home runs. He's a power hitting corner outfielder with a good arm. And let's hope, you know, the trajectory just continues and he gets to the gets to the big leagues because that's what we're going to need. We're going to need these these trades to a pan to pan out. Now I think Acuña is is almost a sure bet. He's going to get there. Okay, he's got big numbers. He looks he, every bit like his brother with the numbers and, and with the talent and with everything like that. So I think Acuna is going to come and he's going to be a, a good, a good piece. 
The rest of them, I have no idea. And you have no idea either. None of us do. None of us have seen these guys play. We're just going on what the people who have seen them play are telling us. That's all that's, that's, all that's happening. So you had Scherzer coming out, air the dirty laundry, tell you about the conversation. Like I said, that's no nothing new for Scherzer. That's what he does. He burns bridges when he leaves. He doesn't care. You know, he when he leaves, he's a jerk. He's the kind of guy with a bad breakup, and he's not friends with the with with his exes <laughs> because because they hate him because he does things and he says things that you know, and he does this everywhere. He did it in Detroit. He did it. He did it everywhere. He did it with the Dodgers. He just burns bridges, and that the Dodgers were looking to have him back, and the Dodgers were in on Verlander, and the Padres went on Verlander, and he ended up in Houston. Now, the Yankees, as far as the Yankees go, the Yankees, listen, the team stinks, okay? They can't hit nothing. They have no offense ever, and now the starting pitching is a big problem. Severino is barely a major leaguer at this point. You got Rondon, who's been awful in his three or four starts. He's not getting better. He's got the fans going against him. You know, the only thing, at least he didn't react to the fans tonight, right? That's the only that's the only good thing. Yankees did nothing until the ninth inning. Then they bring Stanton up in a pinch hit situation, representing the tying run, and he gets blown away by fastballs. And it was and he wasn't even competitive. It wasn't even a competitive at bat. So I don't think the Yankees are going anywhere. I think they probably should have been sellers. They really did nothing. But you know, they couldn't pull the trigger. And I think it probably because I think this team will probably finish under five hundred. I think it's probably going to cost Cashman and Boone both their jobs. So we could have a whole new look to New York baseball just next year. The Yankees could have a new skipper. They could have a new GM. The Mets are going to have a new president of baseball operations. They are going to have all, it's going to be a totally different looking team. And we'll see how they do. Hopefully they can compete. Hopefully they're not a terrible team. But like I said, they're shooting. And you heard it right from Max Scherzer's mouth. And the fact that the Mets didn't comment on his comments means that that's exactly what happened. He called Cohen and Cohen said, yeah, we're going for, you know, we're shooting for two years down the road. And Scherzer's only under contract for next year. As far as the rest of the league goes, the winners, the losers, it was it was a busy trade day, but it wasn't as big. I've seen bigger. I've seen more marquee names moved. But Scherzer and Verlander were the two big marquee names. And those are my two winners right there. Texas Rangers, I think they won. And I don't think it was because of Scherzer. I think it was because they got Chapman. They got uh, Stratton to shore up the bullpen. They got Austin Hedges. So I I think from Pittsburgh, they're going to be – they're good. They are now a good contender to, to advance. They haven't been to the postseason since 2016. So they're trying to get back, and I think they did well. I think Scherzer is not going to be the pitcher, but he, he he's going to bring experience, and he can teach a lot of the young kids. The Texas Rangers have nobody on their pitching staff who has pitched a single pitch in postseason in their life. So you bring somebody like Scherzer on who could talk to the kids, he could walk them through, kind of calm the nerves when you get to the postseason, and that does help. I don't know how much of a help he's going to be on the mound because he's been deteriorating since mid last year. He's lost velocity on his fastball. He gives up a million home runs. He is no, he never comes up big in a big spot in a big game. 
it would listen. His the the Scherzer tenure here is not going to be looked upon as, as something good. It's really not. And I've been saying that, and I'm glad he was out of here. I'm glad he's out of here, to be honest with you. Now, Verlander, Verlander was, he wasn't even, he was barely here. Barely got his toes wet, right? He missed a lot of the first month of the season. He made some bad starts. He had some good starts towards the end, and now he's gone. You know, it's like we barely even knew you, to be honest with you. The other, but, but he, I think, is the, it makes the Houston Astros the big winner, and I think them, now they are right on level with the Braves to for favorites to win the, the World Series. And I think Justin Verlander is that important because he's one of the all-time greats when it comes to postseason pitchers. One of the all-time greats. There's not many better. Kurt Schilling's right up there. I mean, there there's, there's some names you could run through, but Justin Verlander is always on that list. As far as the losers go in this, I think the Yankees and I think the Red Sox. And I think it's because they did nothing. Red Sox are two and a half back. They did nothing. You know, a couple fringe moves here and there for the Yankees and the Red Sox, but nothing really to make any kind of splash. You got two of the Titans in in baseball, kind of on the edge. The Yankees seem to be heading the other way, but the Red Sox are okay. The Red Sox are right in it, and they did nothing to improve themselves. And then the big question mark has got to be the Angels. And you could throw the Padres in there too. The Padres just kind of uh, kind of stood. They said Padres said to everybody basically, "We like our team. We think this is just a bad year. We're going to pick up some pieces, see if we can make a run this year and make the playoffs. But if we can't, we will, we're going to come back with the same group next year, and we think we'll be fine." That's what the Padres said. The Angels went all in. They went Jim Fossil chips to the center of the table. They went all in. They kept Otani. They got the they got a bunch of players to help them out. They're kind of they're really on the edge of the playoff race. They're not they're certainly not in the playoffs. They could very easily be out of it in a week. But Otani is bringing in money. He's got a bunch of they sell the place out. They got a TV deal over in in Japan. So that's part of it. And they're hoping that he stays next year and he signs with them. That's really what they're hoping for. It really is. The Orioles are another team. I think the Orioles could have done more. The Orioles got Jack Flaherty. That's going to help from St. Louis. Okay. He's a good pitcher. He's a, an above average pitcher, but they could have used another arm. They have a lot of kids who have never pitched this many innings on their staff. You got Kramer, who is five innings away from his all time career high. You got Tyler Wells, who's already passed his career high. You got Rodriguez. Who is he's been inconsistent. And he's a rookie, so you're going to take that into the playoffs. You kind of you know you, you're kind of playing with fire there. You know they they are, they're in first place in the toughest division in the most competitive division in baseball. The Orioles are ahead of it, and I think they could have did more than they did. I think they needed another starter. I know they. I think they should have went all in on Verlander. To be honest with you, I think I think they should have got absolutely went all in on Verlander. And they didn't, and we'll see. But, you know, they are the class right now of the American League East. The, the Orioles and the Rays have run circles around the Yankees these last couple of days. And the Yankees just don't look competitive with them. So we'll see how that goes. Like I said, it could cost Cashman and Boone their jobs. So now let's get to our guest. We have Mark Mancini, like we do every Tuesday here. So here's our spot with Mark Mancini. Enjoy it.
Now we're joined by Mark Mancini to talk about the trade deadline. Of course, a whole bunch, everything going on. Verlander got dealt today by the by the Mets. The Yankees stamp hat did nothing. Um, I know you were big on Austin Hedges. Well, first of all, welcome to the show, Mark. How are you doing? <laughs> well, hey, this is the show on Tuesday to sweep in the country. Most must-see, must-hear radio, baby. I love doing it with you each and every week. Third week in, man. That's Bring right. That's right. I was so excited to get get to it. I didn't even welcome you to the show. I just wanted to jump right in it. Um, <laughs> that's okay, man. You know, sometimes we can we we can let the horse out of the barn and we can't corral him. Exactly, exactly. And uh, we're two horses that definitely can't be corralled. Um, okay, so. I know you had mentioned Austin Hedges a couple times. You were big on you. You're big on pirate catches, for you know, right. back going all the way back to Don Slot, right? Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, a good, a good friend of mine, believe it or not, is Mike Belavalle. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, now the Pirates, they traded Austin Hedges here late. He was he was big for you. You were talking about him last week. What do you think about them getting rid of Hedges and and how good of a catcher is he? Well, I think he was good with the staff. I think he, you know, when you look at veterans, uh, I think it can go either two ways. They can, you know, buy into what uh, the team is building around him, knowing that he's going to be a teacher there for a short period of time. I'm blessed to do a Pittsburgh Pirate podcast with their first base coach each and every week, Terry Crock, now three years running. Um, and the Bucks have two guys, man. They have Andy Rodriguez there. They got this number one pick a couple of years ago, and Henry Davis. I mean, they're in good hands, and I think this is a good uh, move. It opens up a door, and it also opens up a door for Nola now. And, and, and is you know, and you know, when you look at it, the Phillies start to make veteran moves over there too, which I don't think so. Maybe you know, but this, these kind of guys, the Scherzers, the Verlanders, the Hedges, like I said, these kind of guys. Uh, now, no, they're, they're they, they, you know, it's a short period of time for them to win. They don't have the time to waste. So if they can go win something down the line somewhere else, uh, I'm all for it. Well, the big prize today, they, they were talk, they were talks about Soto. Soto, did, Soto ended up not getting traded. So the big prize today was obviously Verlander. And he went right back to, to, to Houston. Now, you can look at it and, and with a boatload of cash, too. You could look at it, the Mets... To me, I think the Mets did less than they would, than I thought they would do. Okay. They didn't trade, uh, rally. They did get rid of Fam. They got rid of Fam, Tommy Fam. They got rid of Verlander, Scherzer. Those are the big moves that the Mets made. I thought they would do more. But if you look at it now, I know, uh, Cohen has a ton of money, but he spent like a hundred, almost $200 million just acquiring maybe seven or eight minor league, low level minor league players. Well, here's the thing. When I look at the Mets, and to get rid of a guy like Scherzer to Texas, Verlander back to Houston, you're paying about three-quarters of that money. Why not keep those guys, finish out the year, come back in 2024? Now you have no pitching uh, to go into next year. you got a boatload of these minor leaguers. You don't have the depth the Pirates have, the Reds have, so you're going to have to start buying it, kind of like what the Padres are doing. You know, Soto screwed himself by not taking the $400 million that the Washington Nationals offered yeah, yeah. <laughs> him. So they shipped him to San Diego. He's coming nowhere close to the $400 million now. I mean, as much as I like Soto, and now you're looking at the Padres, more or less looking at Hader and Blake Snell. These guys are free agents at the end of the year. So 
There's only one team that wins this thing. So I don't care how much money you put into anything. The Dodgers can go get Arenado. This guy can go get this guy. That guy can go get this guy. Only one team wins. And if you don't win, you're no different than the Pirates and the Reds. And beyond that, the Pirates and the Reds have built up a nucleus of young talent for the last 60 games to really get their feet wet and do some damage. Well, the Reds, the Reds are a surprise team. They might they they might win that division. So the Reds are going for it this year. See, with the Mets, I think the Mets they're not worried about it. What the Mets did, and you're right, they could have kept those guys for the for the amount of money that he spent. But that's also pocket change to him. You know, he makes that in one trade. Uh, one stock trade. So it's not that big of a deal, and it, and it doesn't cost me anything, to be honest with you. I think the Mets are throwing away next year. I think he's just – because if you're going to sell, he's probably going all in with a sell. Okay, so don't half-ass it. Don't keep Verlander and trade Charger because we don't need Verlander now. The Mets are out of it. They're not going to win. So trade they, – they got the number one and the number four prospects from the Houston Astros. They got – I got them right here. I got their names. They got Ryan Clifford and Drew Gilbert – both outfielders, both power-hitting outfielders, the number one and number four prospects. They also got big prospects in the Texas deal with Scherzer. The Mets are throwing away next year. They're looking two years down the road. And as much as it pains me that they're doing that, I could see where they're coming from. Well, and here's the thing. They laughed at my Pirates for years. But the Pirates, in the last three years, they've had two number one picks. And they're going to have one hell of a rotation next year with Keller uh, you, you throw in uh, Priester there, you bring up Skeens, you got three guys, you got Bednar in the pen, you got setup guys, and you've got rookies all over that uh, infield and outfield. Uh, you bring another veteran leader in there to maybe, uh, you know, steer the boat a little. Watch out, that division in the Central is going to be dominated by Cincinnati and Pittsburgh for years because it takes a while to build up your farm system. I know the Mets got the money and everything. I know you got the fourth, uh, you know, prospect here and there. Prospects are only as good as if they work out, and the Mets got the money, but the Mets are in the same boat, probably worse off than the Padres, because now the Padres got some guys where they got to really look at. They got three guys in that lineup that are making three hundred million. Well, the Mets. I mean, listen, the Mets. I think what they're doing, and and. Oh, everyone's now all, over, including myself, is all over Baltimore. We love Baltimore, but everybody forgets Baltimore was losing 90, 100, 105 games for five and six years. And they were accumulating draft picks and they were accumulating players when they would trade, trade guys yep. off. And it yep. takes five or six years. Now, with the Mets, well, I think the fact that Cohen's money, it's not going to take that long because what he could do is he could get a couple of these guys to the big leagues and then he can buy what he needs. In a, in a in an off season, maybe not this off season, maybe next off season, because he'll grab a couple free agents this year to fill out that roster. I mean, they they will be okay next year, but they're not. Gonna, I don't see them contending next year. Well, take a look at what Houston's done, stockpiling all their draft picks when they were crap. Look at Atlanta; they don't exactly. rebuild in Atlanta; they retool. Even the nineties when they won fourteen division titles in a row, and then they just get right back to it. Atlanta's far and above everybody in the National League when you look at it, but when you look at Pittsburgh, when you look at the Cincinnati's, these are teams that have built up their farm systems and and then everybody comes up at the same time. It's not one or two guys, and I'm not knocking the Mets, I'm not knocking some of these other teams, but when you look at Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, it's, it's a quartet of guys. It's five, six, seven guys that have played in the minors that are coming up, kind of like what Houston did. And then you can string together 
six or seven competitive seasons. The bad thing about baseball, I hate, is this was done a few years ago in San Diego when, you know, the Padres brought in the Shields and the Uptons and, the uh, you know, the Matt Kemp's and all that uh, in December, and then they were out of it in April, and then all of a sudden they got rid of guys in May. I hate that. When I see teams doing that, and now the Mets have done that. Yeah, yeah. You they, know, they bring in the Verlanders, they bring in all these guys, big things in the winter. They start to fall out of contention, and you know what? We're going to gut the whole system. But you know who gets screwed in this is the fans, not the players. The fans get screwed, and the owner shouldn't be able to do this. You should not be able to get rid of these kind of guys if you bring and get everybody to buy season tickets. It's crap. I blame the owners. And you know how I am with, with, with players and owners. I've always been for the players. I'll stick with the players. But the owners should be able to move franchises around. If you're losing money in a city, sell it to a local investor. That's BS what's going on in Oakland with the A's. And this is BS what the Mets are doing with Cohen. I don't care how much money you have. You should be able to get rid of guys after people have put a lot of money into season tickets. Yeah, but but you know what? Did and, and I agree. I, I I see where you're coming from, but it, this is the best thing for it. Listen, this is now. I think what we're doing is we're entering phase two. I said it the other day. We're entering phase two of the Cohen ownership for the Mets. Phase one was okay. I'm, I got more money than everybody else. I'm going to come in here. I'm going to buy everybody up, and we're going to win championship in three to five years. He did that. It turns out. What, we, what Mets fans have been telling Yankee fans for the last twenty years is you can't buy a championship. It turns out we were right. Because we thought, okay, now we got our guy. We're going to win a championship. It wasn't working. If he would have tra- kept a couple of these guys here, it's not going to work. If it didn't work this year, it's not going to work next year, right? So well, they, we tried it. We were listen. We were all for it. The fans were all for it. We loved Verlander signing. We loved Scherzer. We we want. We were giddy when the season started. We got 101 wins last year. Now it, you know what? It didn't work. So now we just have to face reality. You have to get every start over. Clear, clear, erase everything. Clear the chalkboard and start over, and that's what they're doing. And we're going to have to sacrifice next year for it. But most of those franchises that you mentioned, uh, Houston, Houston was terrible for five, six yeah. years before, and now now they're perennials. He wants to eventually because once they they might they should only have to do this once because then they can become the Dodgers. He has enough money where they you can become the Dodgers. You have a good system, keep bringing people up, and you could fill in the holes with your money and, and buy players. Well, the problem with the Dodgers, and, and what I look at, is consistency makes people believe. Houston was bad for so long, and then they brought the kids up, and they were all consistent. They were in the race every year. You didn't see them start the gut guys because they had guys that were 21, 22, 23. Yeah, they weren't making money. They didn't have to. Those are the guys. Right, those right. are the guys that would, that they brought up. Right. They gutted to get those guys, and then they came exactly. up and they won. But the teams like the Mets, the Yankees, they don't want to sit around and develop talent in their minor league system. They want quick fixes. We've seen this with the New York Knicks. We've seen that. When was the last time the New York Knicks have been relevant? Yeah. You'd have to go back to when Pat Riley was there. Yeah. And the problem is, you think they think they can just bring in a, a whole boatload of guys, like and, and, and like the Miami Heat did with LeBron and Bosch and all those guys. They didn't win right away. You had to get that nucleus going. Yeah. The Dodgers, Okay, Let me tell you, the Dodgers, the problem with the Dodgers is they have lost depth over the years. And the problem is when you lose depth over the years, you, you fail to be consistent. Yeah, you can you can hang division flags if that's what your ultimate goal is. 
let me tell you something. They can knock the Pittsburgh, you know, uh, uh, city for whatever they want. But when you look at the Steelers, when you look at the Penguins, we don't hang division flags in that city. We hang Super Bowls, six of them. We hang championships with the Penguins, five of them. So when you look at the Rangers, when you look at some of these other teams, they are content with hanging division flags. That's what they are in L.A. Look at the Clippers. They, they talk about how many divi- the Dodgers, how many divisions. You look at the Dodgers, they haven't won a World Series playing 162 games in four, four yeah, eighty-eight. Eighty-eight was the last one, but nobody's nobody's winning the championship after championship after the championship. Look at the Yankees. The Yankees do it now. The Yankees do what you want to do. They bring in the big guys. They don't sell off. Right. They didn't sell anybody today. Right. They're not winning championships anymore. Okay, but look at look at the Steelers. Mike Tomlin's been there how many years? He's never had a below five hundred record. Yeah, the Steelers are I different. Love, I love I love the Jets. You know what 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 they did this year? I like their uh, coach Saleh and everything. But they, they're like the Cleveland Browns. They keep changing coaches. And, yes. And, and they, they bring in a guy that's a womanizer in, 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 in uh, uh, Wilson there. I mean, come on. Boot the guy out. Get guys that want it. accountability, communication, determination. That should be the slogan in some of these cities. And, and you know what, Karen? You still there? You know. Okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah. The Steelers, see, the Steelers are a different story, though. The Steelers, listen, the Steelers have had three head coaches in seven, like 70 years, right? They went Chuck right, Noll, then they had, um, but, what's his face? They, and then now they have. Chuck Noll, uh, Bill Cowher. Bill Cowher, you know, and, and now Tomlin. they, yeah. Mike Tomlin. But, but here's the difference it's different in New York because in New York, in Pittsburgh, how, mu- how much, I mean, listen, I'm not knocking Pittsburgh, but how much is there really to do in Pittsburgh? Right in New York, yeah, yeah. you can go see a Broadway play. You can go to the the other ballpark to go see the other team. So if we tear it down, and it's, it takes five or six years, and we build it up like the way you should, it's going to be an empty ballpark. Because how much is a seat in Pittsburgh? I could probably sit in the lower behind the dugout for twenty five bucks, right on StubHub at, at, at City Field. It's going to cost me eighty five. It just to even tonight, if I went tonight. Where they're terrible and they're out of it, it would cost me one hundred and twenty-five dollars. Well, okay, so you have to bring in those big guys. Well, well, yeah. So, but the Steelers, they packed that place. They have a following across the country. Yes, you know because they had a dynasty in the seventies. That's why they have a following. That's why the right, Cowboys right, have but, a, have a following. Right, right. But but the the, the the Steelers are different from the Cowboys in a lot of ways because the Steelers don't to- to- tolerate that that BS. You know, you look at the owner. You look at what who's running it. The Cowboys, sometimes you can live off a tradition. And when you live off a tradition, you have the teams like the Dodgers, the Cowboys. These are teams that live off a tradition. You know, the Lakers could be another one. You know, living off a tradition. Yeah, but see, the, but they have the tradition. Be, and the Steelers, and the Steelers are the model for any, for any, for, for all four of the sports. The Steelers are the model. Three head coaches, like five quarterbacks in, in like 50 years is what they basically right. have. Right, so the, the same thing could be said about the Penguins, too. Okay. okay. You, know, you, bring, you bring in a Mario Lemieux who's, who's, you know, you guys are original six. Yes, but you get Lemieux. Listen, listen, you got lucky, though, too. You have Lemieux, right, Yager, and then Crosby. Right, so, of wait, course, well, you're going to be good. Well, here's the thing. The Penguins, I can remember growing up, there's 5,000 fans uh, for a Penguin game. You don't find that in New York. You know, uh, Wayne Gretzky said the New Jersey Devils were a Mickey Mouse operation 
they changed the culture there, and they started winning cups. Martin Brodeur. Yeah, they got Louis. So they got Lula Amarillo. Right, right. But you guys, when you look at the Rangers, twenty nine years since you last won a cup, and Mark Messier gave you the cup there. But there's been a lot of good guys come through in New York, and they just haven't got it done. You know, you take an Adam Graves, you stick them in Pittsburgh, maybe it's the culture. You know, the Penguins get that one guy, like the Chris Kunetz from Anaheim, stick him in with Crosby, Malkin. They start winning back-to-back cups. Yeah, but you, you don't see it. That's not what – Crosby and Malkin is what – and listen, the Rangers – listen, don't get me wrong. Somebody sold their soul to get that cup in 94 – I would have done the same thing. We basically brought the the Edmonton team, the Edmonton dynasty, into into New York. We had you know Graves, Kevin Lowe, Mark Messier, and all that. But as far as baseball goes, I think the Mets are, are, are punting on next year. They're punting on next year. They saw so they they got rid. This listen, there's no need to have Verlander on this team. Why do we need Verlander? And I get it. We're well, paying all that money, right? We're paying all the money. We pay them fifty you're million. All that, you're paying all that money for him to win in Houston again. Yeah, but Houston also gave us two of their best prospects. They, Houston could have signed them in, in the offseason. They could have kept them. So what they didn't do is they didn't keep them, and it cost them their two best prospects. And in five years, when Verlander's going into Cooperstown, maybe these two outfielders are the corner outfielders for the Mets and the cornerstone of a championship team. Well, here's the problem, and, and I know we're running out of time, and, man, I can go on and on, and I love <laughs> this show tremendously. The problem is they don't wait in New York for guys to develop because the minute they see a big superstar that can get them over the top, these prospects yes. start moving. You're right. That's the problem. You're right. You're right. Because you know what? The Rangers tried to tried to rebuild, and what happened? Panarin became available. They grabbed them. JD and his whole crew got fired. And they, and they started over. The Knicks, look at the Knicks. The Knicks try to do it every time. And then, and then it's, oh, can we get LeBron? Can we get Kyrie? Can we get, you know, it's all, they're, they're trying to get the next big guy. And I get it because it's New York because the prices are high. They're, you're competing with a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff to do in New York. You go to Broadway play. I could go to the Yankee game tonight. I could go to the Met. Why would I go to the Met game when I could go to the Yankee game if you're not a real fan? You know what I'm saying? So they're competing right. with a million different stuff. So you have to put a couple marquee names in there just to put butts in the seats. And that's going to happen. Now, the Yankees, the Yan- real quick, I want to get from you. The Yankees did nothing here on, on this trade, in this trade deadline. Last night, they lost again. They don't see, they seem to be fading. They said they were going to be sellers. It was kind of a, you know, a, a false flag, I guess, as they did nothing. What, what do you think about the Yankees? Well, the last time they've won anything was what? Uh, <laughs> you yeah. Gotta go, you gotta, yeah. You, 2009, you gotta, you gotta, 2009. Yeah, 2009 was the last time they won anything. So you're, you're looking at what? 10, 11, 12, 13 years? This is a big market team. When you start to circle the wagons on big market teams, and they're, they're loading out millions and millions and millions. The Dodgers, four decades. The Mets, uh, when was the last time? 86. 86. You know, you guys, the Yankees, 2009, and they laugh at my Pittsburgh Pirates, a small market team, 1979. We're playing on house money here. But the big, the big boys, they got a lot of money to piss down that toilet. And, and, and now the teams that are going to start to win this thing are the teams, the last big market team to win it, I think, were the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, I mean, I guess the Dodgers, but that was the, the COVID year. But, you know, but. Yeah, I don't, I don't count. Yeah, that I, that's fair. That's fair. 
And I and I kill those guys in L.A. too. I don't count your ten game season. <laughs> come 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 back to me when you win it in uh, 162 games. Listen, it, it was it was an interesting thing. The, the, like I said, I I don't care that the Mets paid up 53 million, uh, 200 million to get prospects. You know why? Because it's not my money. And I well, don't I'll care. leave it like I'll, I'll leave it like this with the Knicks. Greatest coaches have coached that team, and if Starks hit his shots, Riley would have been a winner in New York. And I don't know what the hell happened to the Rangers in the playoffs this year. No, don't get me started thought, on the Rangers. I, I, I thought with that big lineup, and they brought in more bigger guys now during this offseason move, it's, 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 it, it besets me to the point that they, they everybody shoots their wad in the regular season. You better shoot your wad in the playoffs. Yeah, you know what it was. The Rangers kind of got they got ahead of themselves. They get they 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 were still in a little bit of a rebuild. They went to the they got young. They got a, a good run. Went to the conference finals. Everybody thought that it's the same thing with the New York Giants. Everybody thinks the Giants are now ready for the Super Bowl. The Giants are in the middle of a rebuild. Last year was a plus year. We got lucky. We made it to the playoffs. We played well. We got a playoff win. Let's let's pump the brakes a bit on the Giants. Now, we were here to talk baseball. We ended up talking basketball, hockey, everything else. Mark Mancini. Everything, baby. We cover everything. I can't wait for next week, man. Mark Mancini is his name. I'm telling you, baby. You know what? Uh, My NFC team's always been the Redskins. If they get rid of that clown coach Rivera, man, maybe we can do something in Washington. Well, they got rid of that clown owner, so that's that's a start. Yeah, Yeah. should be a good one. Man, I can't wait next week, Brady. Let me know, baby. I'm I will let you know. And I'm also looking forward to Mark's going to get me on a Philly radio station here to, to talk some. Can't wait to can't wait to get on there. I will let everybody know. Mark Mancini is his name. Mark, thanks for giving us a couple of minutes here today. I love you, brother. You know I think the world of you. Sixty feet, six inches. Carlton and McCarver, and it's Mancini and you, brother. All right, have a good one, Mark. God bless you. All right, how about that? Again, thank you to Mark Mancini. Great job, as always. As always, great job. Can't wait to get on his radio show in Philadelphia. Man, they're not going to want me in Philadelphia. We're not big fans of Philadelphia, but we're going to have a good time when I do go on there, and I'll make sure I share it with you guys so everybody can listen. Um, but that pretty much does it for us. We want to thank everybody for, for tuning in, for checking us out here on this trade deadline day. Disappointing day for Mets fans. Disappointing. You know, it's just kind of reality hits you that that it's going to be two years. As far as the Yankees go, listen, they better get their act together real fast. And they are fading, and they are fading fast. The Mets are now irrelevant. Like I said, we're not going to be talking about the Mets now. It's over. After today, they, they are basically they're irrelevant. It's not even worth the, the conversation with the Mets. But the Yankees, they're headed that way real fast. We could be in football. We could be talking about these training camps in a couple days. So... We hope that Mike, we wish Mike, again, Mike Grasso, who is on the mend, hope he gets back to better. I spoke to Brett earlier today. We were going to get, uh, they put new bricks on sale outside City Field. If you've ever been to City Field around outside, they have bricks and gray bricks that you can put your name on. They released a whole bunch of them. So Brett called me up. We were talking about trying to figure out what we want on the brick. By the time we figured out, it was gone. They were all sold out. So we're going to circle back around to that in about 10 years when they put more bricks on sale, and we'll make sure we'll be ready for it. But that's it for us. Thanks for, thanks for, uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. I will talk to you this weekend with Brett, hopefully. Maybe, maybe not. Like we said, take your time, Brett. So w- thanks for listening. Again, trade deadline. It's now the home stretch to the postseason, and 
the home stretch to the football week one. So we'll talk to you this weekend, everybody. I'm Bob Walters. See ya. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to let everyone know by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or on our website at LockedUpSports.net. Remember, you can also find us on your favorite social media site, on Twitter at LockedUpSports, on the gram at Locked underscore up underscore sports. Join our Facebook group, Locked Up Sports, or on TikTok at Locked Up Sports Show. Now you can catch all the latest from Locked Up Sports anytime. Thanks for listening.